Welcome to North London's Most Read, episode 13. An unlucky number and another loss for Arsenal today against Manchester City. How are you feeling about today's game, Jamie? Uh, you know what, there's two ways you can go about this. And I know there's going to be two sides of people, the defeatists and the winners. And if you're a winner, you go, that's not acceptable. Which is, I know it's ironic to call you a winner if you don't think that's acceptable, but it wasn't. And then there's the losers that, with the defeatist mentality that will go, oh, it's 1-0 against the best team in the world at the moment and all this stuff. And that's fine if you want to live in that safe little haven bubble, but you've got to go for more. That game was played at a level where I think the players could have lost 3 or 4-0 with that same performance and we wouldn't have batted yeah. an eyelid. It was just that they didn't for whatever reason. They sort of let us give it to them and we didn't give them anything. That was insipid. I, I'm, I'm usually more positive about the performances about Arsenal in general than they actually deserve and I'm going the other way. I'm rocking the boat this time because I really was disappointed. But let's hear yours. Let's hear you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in the first five, ten minutes against a team against Manchester City, you've got to set the tone. You've got to press. You've got to be about it. You've got to take the game to them. You've got to let them know that you're, you're not letting them have an easy game. And what we did in the first five to ten minutes of that game was absolutely pathetic. We did not set the tone. We let them do whatever they wanted to us. We gave them too much respect. I don't know if it's anything to do with Guardiola and Arteta being like friendly and Arteta being friendly with Manchester City players or what happened. Or Arteta gave them way too much respect today and they took the piss out of us in the first 10, 20 minutes. You know, it like, reminds could have been me three of... 3 or 4-0. It could, it could. It, could. Three or four nil. it reminds me of... Um... You know how you see them like jail reality TV shows in America where it's yeah. like, um, I'm, I'm thinking of 60 days in there and it's like if you don't come in and you like make yourself look like you're not going to take any shit, they'll yeah. start robbing your commissary, you don't get no respect, yeah, they won't yeah. let you take the showers, they'll like, and at the, so at the beginning you got to be like, right, who have I got to fight? Because if you're like, if you're willing to go for it, then you don't actually have to fight. Like you you got to show yeah, you're no, about, and I don't even mean like fighting or physicality, but just show yeah. you're coming to win the game. Well, let's Show some creativity, show some bite. Exactly. Let's take Tierney, right? So Tierney's one of my favourite players and he's probably like one of the Arsenal players that's got the best attitude like throughout mm-hmm, this season. Mm-hmm. He's always he's always tried his best. He's always yeah. gone hard like for our team. But today, he set the tone for our players. He was scared of Mahrez from the first couple of minutes. I understand he's come back from injury. I love Tierney as a player. So that's why I'm more probably annoyed than I would be if it was a player that I don't expect as much from. But he was scared of Mahrez in the first five, ten minutes. He looked like a rabbit caught in headlights whenever Mahrez went towards him. And Mahrez, don't get me wrong, Mahrez is a great player, but Tierney made it way too easy, especially for that first goal that they yeah. scored. Like, Tierney's pulled to better players down, than Mahrez before. 100%. He's done a lot better. But Tierney has got a good burst of pace going forward, but he can get caught in his heels defensively sometimes. But he is young and he can, he can cut it out and he... You know, normally he's not as not as poor defensively, but in the first half, he he could have easily been one of our worst players, especially defensively. You yeah. can say that Saka didn't provide him enough cover and all that sort of stuff, but it, he wasn't getting done on two two v ones and stuff like that. It was straight Mares versus Tierney, and Mares took the piss. It was. Uh, I, I just want to bring up the point so the people who have the opposing views of us will say, so we can make it a balanced argument and then shred the argument. Is that they will say that you know, if. Sterling getting a header, which is unheard of, five foot five Sterling, is what makes the difference between your two clubs. That actually is a pretty even game. Or they'll say, you know, only one proper shot on target versus none. Still a disgrace to have none. Yeah. Um. So you know, look how close we are. Look at the stats. Look at what it looks like on paper. But the thing is about that manipulates the shots on target is they had two really really close shots that just weren't on target and don't get marked in the same way and yeah, if those go like a seven eight inches to the left or to the right that's three nil and yeah. that's probably what it should have been today um so you can't just go oh look how good we are defensively now we you know we 
Only Sterling with his head could put it past us. We offered, no. yeah, we no. offered nothing, nothing going forward today. And when I saw the team line up, I wasn't, I wasn't best impressed. I'll be honest. I think you know the the last few games, you know, Gabriel's come back into the side. The fact that Gabriel was left out of this game was bizarre, in my opinion. You've started with Marie and Holden, who haven't played together in about seven weeks. Like it was bizarre. Like I, I don't get what the thought process is with that with them two centre-back pairings. Like, in the last few games, we've been playing Louise and Gabriel, and I'm not saying I wanted Louise to play, but surely if you're playing against the best team in the league, you want a consistent centre-back pairing, especially for, like, Leno. And it's what caught us out for the first goal, first goal that Sterling scored. It was the fact that Louise... Not Louise, sorry. Holding and Bellerin and Marie had no idea where Sterling was. They just... They didn't think he was a threat, and he, you know, he's done that leap. And obviously, it's a brilliant header, don't get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't expect it from Sterling, but... You can't give even a player like that. I know he's a small player, but you can't give him that much space in the box. Mm. And I think that comes from the team selection at the end of the day. I think I just want to play devil's advocate, and then we'll go to the rest of the team selection. The I believe the thought process is to keep the two centre back pairings together. So if you've got um, Mary and Holding as one proper pairing, and then you've got the two Brazilians as the uh, you assume has some sort of chemistry as the other centre back pairing, and then you sort of treat them as one sub in and out as like the centre backs rather than. Yep trying to make them all develop bonds with each other and like not have that same defensive understanding is what I assume is that they're going for um, to play devil's advocate there. But you know, keep going. What else didn't you like about the team selection? So with the, our two central midfielders, um, yeah. you know, I'm not Xhaka's biggest fan in the world, but you know, recently he's been semi-consistent, one of our better midfielders, I'd say. But when, when people press him, he's he's not got good time on the ball. Because party's out, we don't really have an alternative and we kind of have to play Xhaka. We're kind of stuck between that place. So I'm not going to hate on Xhaka too much. But under pressure, he is not, not a good midfielder. Against Man City, he is not a good midfielder. Um, the fact that we played Elneny, I think, was a mistake. Sobias is a guy that can create stuff. He's <laughs> really good and he's really good close control so he can yeah. get us out of tight situations and that's exactly what Man City the only good in. pressure to midfielder we had was on the bench for 80 plus minutes that's I think Tobias had to start today yeah I think we needed more kind of finesse and control in the midfield I'm not saying he would have dramatically made a difference but a few of the times where Oneni got caught on the ball and just looked to go backwards Tobias might have you know got done a bit of close control got out of a situation and played it forward do you know what I mean I don't know he's not that kind of player and against Man City I think Sobas is a better option because he is tenacious as well he does he loves to tackle as well I agree with so you. it's not like you're missing you're not missing anything on the defensive side of the game the only thing you get with Elneny is he's probably a little bit more mobile but he just passes backwards and sideways he's not, not, nothing about him's creative at all I'm not say... trying to hate on him because it's the manager's decision who he chooses yeah I have to say I think Elneny was the worst player on the pitch today and it's unfortunate. So average. He just did not belong in that game. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, don't see what the thought process was of playing him. But you know, it's, it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, I'm not sure about Odegaard signing as well. I, I personally would have preferred Smith Rowe. I know Smith Rowe's been playing a lot recently, but Odegaard started the last two games and he hasn't played for a while, so he looked a bit off the pace again today. I think I would have gone for Smith Rowe in ten. And I did say that before the game, so I'm not just like jumping on the bandwagon or anything yeah. like that. What did you think um, about Saka and Pepe being on the opposite sides to the recent games they've been playing? I personally would have preferred Saka on the right and Pepe on the left, purely yeah. because I think any time Saka cuts in on his left when he's on the right, he looks like he can do stuff. 
And I think I feel like, especially when you've got Saka with Tierney, Tierney gives such an option on the wing that it almost takes away from Saka, if that makes sense. Right. Because Saka's almost got in his head, oh, if Tierney's on the outside, I'll play it to him. And then, so Saka doesn't do as much of his individual quality as he could because he knows Tierney's always there. Whereas I feel like when he plays with Bellerin, Bellerin doesn't really offer as much going forward. So Saka knows I can pretty much do what I want here. I don't really have to look for Bellerin because he's not going to offer much. Whereas with Tierney, they kind of, they're both creative players. So he kind of has to use that outlet sometimes. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. It's, it's weird that Pepe, who played his best few games recently on the left side, and Saka, who's come into that right role and been, you know, he was already a great player, but he transformed into, I would say, knocking on the door of world class, yeah. had then been swapped back out of the position that they'd had their best games in um, for such an important match. I think that a big, a big thing is that, so Pep and Arteta know each other very well. And I feel like sometimes, especially when Arsenal play Man City and, you know, vice versa, they try and do little weird things. Trying to impress each trying other. Trying to outsmart <laughs> each other. And I feel like sometimes, just keep it simple. Saka's best position is right forward. Play him right forward. Pepe's played his best games recently as the left forward. Why switch their positions? Why? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, Man City still know what Saka and Pepe are going to do in them positions, but they just operate differently there. It's not like they're going to be like it's not going to change the game for them. Like they're still going to operate similarly. I I just don't get why you would try and outsmart Pep like in that way. If that's what he's done, I don't know if you know if he's seen something in training and thought, oh, this might work for today's game. But I don't know, honestly. Not only though have they been playing so well recently in those positions, but for the year before, opposite managers were preparing to face Pepe on the right and Saka on the left. So when they started playing in those positions, they had to, you know, get their counter tactics from scratch. And fair enough, if you think that after five or six games, that would have been completely figured out and whatever. But we know for a fact that they are figured out on Saka on the left and Pepe on the right, because that's what people have been preparing to face for the whole of the last season, whatever. And obviously they didn't play every game, but... Uh, that's what you'd expect when you see their names. So yeah. I pref- and I think that we've never seen Saka play as well as we have seen him play on the right. He's got the he's that's got he's position, become yeah. he's become a person who gets goals and assists there. On the left last season, he got one goal in twenty six games in the Premier League, I believe, and I think he's got five already in twenty one or twenty two this year. Yeah. That's this. Obviously, he's improved. He's got a year older and he's still young and developing. But that is a big leap in goals. I'm sure assists as well. I don't have the stats to hand. He just looks like a threat. So to put him back... And I'm not trying to say that, you know, he was... um, he was poor. His his touch was uncharacteristically loose at times. But I just think we have to see him on the right. In in the grand scheme of things, so considering how he played in the first 30-35 minutes... It wouldn't really have made much of a difference. We offered nothing going forward. Man City had us exactly where they want us. They were playing with us. I think even Man City themselves were surprised that they hadn't scored more. And if in, if anything, Man City were dominating the game, but they actually were being wasteful and didn't play to their potential. What did you think of Aubameyang today? <sighs> That's a hard question. Because... I've got... Yeah, I've, I've, he didn't, it's, it's a loaded question, but yeah. He didn't... <sighs> Aubameyang feeds off service and he didn't get any service so it's difficult to judge his game but what when he did get the ball he didn't do anything with it and I know I know normally he's a guy that gets the ball and runs and 
in behind and that's normally what you judge him on because that's normally how he gets a lot of his goals but you know you're the captain of Arsenal you've got to do a bit more in today's game I, I think... felt like he he seemed a bit I don't know like the game was kind of up already sort of thing I think and I thought about this because at the beginning I was like why have we not brought Lacquer on he can hold it up and more and uh, you know play deeper and all this stuff and then I thought actually even after seeing that performance and seeing Alba sort of be invisible and have no effect on the game, I'd still have rather had him because what he should have... I mean, what the plan was is would have worked because it feeds off City's confidence, borderline arrogance, and they will push far, far, far up the pitch and really try and strangle us up into midfield. And we know that their defenders turn into... you know, Especially the fullbacks, they go into midfield and they track yeah. in from the right back to centre mid and right wing oh, and whatever. So... Alba seems on paper to be the right play there because if they're pushing upwards, you can then get him to run in behind the behind the defence and get goals. Yeah. So I still agree that that is the play and the tactic you should go for. However, for whatever reason, it didn't work at all today. It didn't. We didn't. We didn't get one opportunity from playing the ball over the top route one style, putting it or even putting through balls in just behind the defence that they aren't yeah. like fast enough to run to. So it didn't work at all. But then if that doesn't work and that's our only play then what happens is you don't get any shots on target and you don't score. So we have no plan B. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that. And at the same time, like Aubameyang could have easily played on the left and Lacazette down the middle if we needed a player to hold the ball up because Aubameyang's not a striker that's going to hold the ball up. No. And that's maybe what we needed a bit more of today. So Lacazette could have been a good option. Could have had Alba from the left and Saka from the right. Maybe not played Pepe and Bruman on the last 30 minutes because Pepe, like, you know, I'm... I always try and be positive with Pepe, but he also had a very poor game today. Yeah, it's not, and you know, I'm not just gunning for Alba. You know, Saka, like my favorite player in the world, but he he was below his usual standards, and I don't know whether that's quality of opposition or if he's just, you know, he's just had an off game. Probably a bit of both, really. But you know, there's not many Arsenal players that can really hold their head high after that performance. Do you not Especially think, though, if we had the guys that were going to hold it up and try and play against them like any other team in the Premier League, we'd have just got nowhere because they're so drilled defensively and in midfield to just come back and do you in. That's why they you know, they haven't really, conceded yeah. any goals. So don't you have to just play the 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 hit it at all at once over the top through balls counters sort of play because that's the only way you're going to get yeah. clear cut opportunities and if you try and play the normal way against the best team in the world right now they're going to just defend you with like routinely we don't have the creative players no, to agree. make it play organically yeah and i think you know you can look at players as well like martinelli for example who are really good pressers of the ball mm -hmm. and you could have almost like got your in like our you know our three or four forward positions we could have gone for our really good presses and you know really got at them but you know it is what it is the game went the way it did you know man city are on a well they've got an 18 win streak now but they're on a 17 win streak like realistically with the season we were having we were they were always going to be favorites so you know we the, the the concerning thing is we didn't get embarrassed but we could have quite easily it felt like an embarrassment on the pitch just the scoreline didn't reflect that yeah, that's what I mean. It on another day it could have been three or four nil, hundred percent. Yeah, it, easily. It was just. It, it's not even that they were so dominating in attack. It's just that. I can't remember a good move we did. We and just seemed to be too submissive. That was what it was. I hate I think it that. Was, I hate it. It was almost like we gave, we gave them too much respect, and they just, they just knew they were just like you know boys. We're we're going to be the champions. We you know we'll play how we want. Whatever Arsenal do, we don't care about. We're going to play how we want, and that's how I want Arsenal. Uh, that's how I want Arsenal to play. But Man City are just next level at the moment. 
Have you ever met someone and they seem all normal when you and that they call you you um you know you naturally think okay fair enough fair enough um and then you go to shake their hand and it's weak as fuck. Yeah. That is Arsenal Football Club in this game and then you think oh I, I like mm. that I like that. You you think right? I've got this guy's like uh, you know if he's in business or or, like if, or if it's like any kind of like social setting like right okay I know you you don't have what it takes. You there was no bite. It was just all yeah. bark. There's, there was no there was so little menace, and there's a there's a there's a a correct amount of menace to be able to really impose yourself. Yeah. Well, the th- the thing is with me, like, I don't... If you take away the fact that we had no creativity today, that's not the major concern, I think, for me. It's the fact that we had no... There was nothing tenacious about us today. There was just an almost, like, we'll let them do what they want and we'll try and do what we can. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was there just wasn't any, any fight, any hunger, any, right, we're going to take the game to them sort of thing. Because when you can take you know, the second half into example, like we, and this first, maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of the first half where we got back and we, it looked a more even contest, but we were still losing at that point. And Man City didn't look stressed. They didn't look threatened at all. Like, I can't seriously think of one opportunity we had where I thought we were going to score. Not once during the game. Not even like, Close. I mean, arguably, El Nenny's long shot from the mistake that Joao Cancelo made yeah. could go in one in five times. But okay, let's play the match five times and get a draw once. And no, it won't even be that because in those other five games, some of yeah, the other opportunities go yeah. in as well. So there's no chance of like if you play like that game a thousand times, we really don't get a result in many of them at all. It's not one of those ones that we you go, oh, I could it. No, it's just, there's no opportunity to go, oh, it goes either way, that one. No, that one doesn't go either way. That one goes their way or the occasional nil-nil if you want to cancel out all of them because we didn't have any goal-scoring things. <sighs> yeah, It's frustrating. One big one big thing for me today as well was... It is, it is, it is. And one big thing for me today was uh, substitutions too late again. And I keep saying it and it keeps happening, but we are, we are waiting far too long to bring our players on to try and affect the game. It's the 73rd or 74th minute today when Lacker and Smith Rowe came on today. And it's far too late. With the way the game's going, he should have made changes at half-time, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that, but in my opinion, he should have. I mean, the half-time service would have been too late when you should have started different players. <laughs> Imagine he's just correcting himself at like 20 minutes in. We've seen those happen, though. But there's reacting to a game. Can you imagine? Like, I've seen this happen so many times where managers like Klopp... Pep Guardiola, even play managers like Mourinho in his past when he was, you know, in his prime and stuff like that. Like, if something tactically isn't right or the game's going a certain way, they're not afraid to do a substitution within 30 minutes of a game. Yeah. They're not afraid to break up, you know, piss a player off by saying, you've played shit, you're getting off the pitch, we're going to put this other player on to see what he can do. And not even that, not even just sub in a player. It's the message it sends out to other players, right? 30 minutes, I don't give a shit who you are, I don't care about your reputation, you're coming off. And that sends a player to the, sends a message to the other players that, right, if we don't buck our ideas up, we're going to be coming off soon as well. Or that might be me in the next Yeah, day. you do keep you know that I mean? in your... I'm not saying that that's exactly what we should do, and I don't think Arteta's that kind of manager, but I do understand what you mean in that, like, if that really, like, imposes you into the players' but, minds about, like, right, I need to keep going or when you're, I'm off. When you're getting 
absolutely outsmarted tactically. You have to make adjustments sometimes. And we don't. And Arteta make, waits far too long. Like, what's... Like, naturally like Arteta he normally makes the substitutions in like 75th minute 80th mm-hmm. minute that's what he renowned to do he, he never really makes a substitution at half time if you want to switch up surprise Man City try and be clever like he always does against Pep do like two substitutions at half time switch up bring Martinelli on bring Lacquer on do you know what I mean take the game to them set the tone from the second half but I think we wasted opportunity there and I think we should have made substitutions earlier I keep going on about it but no, I just, it's I just don't feel we can we can wait. I, in, I I hate waiting in a game for thinking. Right, this is my first eleven. I'm gonna wait for them to do something good. If this first eleven isn't doing something good. Change it. Change it. You've got to have a plan B. You've yeah, got to. it isn't right to just expect the things that didn't work to suddenly start working when they haven't been working over a fairly long period of time. Like a half of football is enough time to see what's going on. And unless you're the best talker of all time at giving team talks, it's gonna stay that way. Like, I don't even want to go on about Tottenham today, right? But I watched a bit of the Tottenham and West Ham game today, right? Yeah. And Tottenham went down 2-0 against West Ham. What does Mourinho do? Bail. Get bail on. Like, Bale then got an assist and affected the game and was positive. Hit the crossbar. But he didn't do it in the 75th minute. He did it a lot sooner. Mm. That's yeah, what Mourinho even, is I mean, an infamous half-time substitute. But that's what I mean. I'm not trying to say that I want, you know, Mourinho as my manager. I definitely don't. But I'm saying, like... I'm not saying to copy Jose Mourinho like in everything, but I'm just saying in sometimes you've got to make them harsh decisions. I think you mean you, his me assertiveness, his yeah, his got, viciousness at times. And not even I'm not even specifically using him because there's other managers that have done it. Like even managers like Frank Lampard, like have done stuff like that, and it's it's changed the game. And Klopp has done it. Guardiola's done it before. You you just got to kind of set set the tone for your players, or they're just going to take the piss and they're going to think it's acceptable. Tuchel took Hudson Joy off after only being on the pitch about half an hour, uh, uh, really recently as well. That's what I mean. What did Chelsea do? They got back in the game and got themselves a point. Who's to say that if we didn't do it earlier, we couldn't have equalised and, you know, got a point out of today's game? I don't want to make this all about the subs because the game's done. No, no, for no, anyway. no, 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 no. That's but true, I, that's we're true. just we're just thinking of things that could have changed, and that's fair enough. I do agree that the subs seem a bit lackadaisical because if you. I think people want to grow into the game and obviously you don't get that luxury at 75 minutes but if you come on at 60 you even at 60 rather than half time you can really grind it out because you don't get tired when they're starting to tire at 77, 78 you can really start pushing on and gain that momentum it, momentum doesn't come instantly it's one over like two or three minutes so if you add that to your 78 you're already at 81, 82, and then you're into stressed out territory where no one plays properly because they're really trying to force something and then they, it, it makes it less likely that you're going to score within those same minutes. 100%. And let's take Man City, right? They've by far got the best midfield in the Premier League. I don't think anyone would deny that. And you've got Xhaka and El Elneny like, starting against them in the middle of the pitch. Has, is any Man City player thinking, right, boys, we're in for a tough game when they see that on the team sheet? I know there's not much else you could do, like because you know realistically you could swap uh, Sabios for El Nenny. You know maybe you could play two up top and bring another midfielder in, but like that doesn't scare that doesn't scare Man City in the slightest. That midfield, Especially when you look at the players they've got, they've got an abundance of talent in midfield, like an absolutely outrageous. Like they could have a second eleven that would probably beat our first eleven. Yeah, yeah. That's how good they are. It's- 
we knew they were good. I'm not even upset about them beating us. I'm upset with us not going down without a fight. Like, I'm it's happy to lose. I'm not happy to lose. I'm oh, I can I can accept being the worst team. I can't accept. Yep. The the weakness. Like, For me, right? So, just quickly, like if they caught us on the, if we took the game to them, and we were on them, and we pressed them, and we attacked them, and we got beaten on the counter one nil. That for me, that's more positive because it shows that we're not scared of them and we're happy to take the game to them. But the way we lost today, it was—I don't know—it was weak. It was exactly like you said a minute ago. It was weak, mate. It makes me feel just a bit slimy because we all want to view ourselves as like the passionate people that will go at it to the end and give you everything, and it feels like we just sort of rolled over. I hate everyone when. Okay, arguably when you watch a football team and you identify with a football team, you sort of, you know, you attach yourself to them and you identify and you feel that, and you want to feel those same emotions emanated back at you as yeah. you feel you want to have and, you know, personally and whatever. So it's just to feel such negative emotions, like personality-wise, from a team that's given up or isn't putting it all in, isn't putting it all on the line, isn't hasn't showed that resilience and that grit. It really yeah. doesn't sit well with me, especially as someone who, like values those traits so heavily yeah do you know what's mad for me right so right we're in 10th position today right Aston Villa lost 2-1 to Leicester today and right? is out for a month yeah but and and so Tottenham lost 2-1 to West Ham right so if we won today we would have gone up to 8th we'd have gone a point above Tottenham so you know that's bragging right so I know they have a game in hand but we, we would have gone above Tottenham that's an incentive that's a massive incentive we'd go into the top 8 for the first time since I don't know when, like probably the first few weeks of the season when we won our first two games, right? So that's a massive incentive. That's happened right before the game. They're going to be aware of that. If we win today, we'll go above Aston Villa and Tottenham. Regardless of games in hands, we go above them, right? That's a big incentive. And the way we started the game, it was almost like they didn't fucking know. They didn't care. They perhaps were happy to say, look, we're close to Man City. We lost 1-0. And not risk two, three, well, four nil, happened, but then not score. It's exact. This game is such a similar game to what happened in the Etihad earlier in the season when we were lost one nil to them. It's it's so similar. Like the, the pattern of play of the game is so similar to that game. And we, just, we it, it was it almost took a similar pattern to when we lost to them earlier in the season. I just I don't get it. It was almost like they were some. Oh, I don't want to go into it too much, but submissive shit, man. So. Leeds will sometimes win 5-0 and they'll sometimes lose 6-0. But that, you know, perceived inconsistency is just because they won't give up and they'll put themselves in dangerous positions to try and claw something back in the game. And it's always exciting. It's always got grit. It's always just the, what you want to see in your football club. And I feel like we don't do that. There's not the same, like, dogged determination to get something from the game that involves taking risks and opening I'm yourself sure. up. But let's take let's take five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take a Wenger team, right? If you ask the neutral fan, their top two, top three teams that they enjoyed watching in the league, Arsenal would be top yeah. of that list, or would be in the top two or top three, no matter what team you support. Maybe if you're a Tottenham or a Chelsea fan, you might be a bit bitter and not say Arsenal. No, for that we reason. were the, the football other, fans' yeah. team to a lot of people. Every, most neutrals would have, you know, maybe Man City were as well at the same time. But like we were, we were definitely up there. We're, and these days, right? I don't even think we'd touch top five, top six, top seven teams like that people will enjoy watching. We've, we've got better defensively, but we've lost 
whatever we had in our attacking flair, we've lost it. Well, we didn't have it Especially under Emery either. No, but that's when, when I said five years ago. You know, obviously that's Wenger days. Yeah, we were known, and it was a pride point that we played attractive football. And even when we weren't doing so well, that's we had the sort had of that. like, yeah, we had the oh yeah, but look at what we do. Like this and is now we've got we none play. of it. <laughs> so we're, we're we're you know we had bad days under Wenger. I'm not gonna like chat shit about it, but like we at least we had that to fall back on, you know. And yeah. now we don't. Now the kind of thing we've got to fall back on is, oh, at least we don't concede loads of goals. <laughs> like, that's that's an achievement or something. I've forgotten how fun it is to see your team score a great team goal. And I'm not asking for that Jack Wilshere goal every week, but just the real, like, people knowing that and just understanding stuff that isn't even drilled on the pitch. They've just got that link-up. They've got that creativity. They've got that ability to express themselves and show their flair. And it feels very drilled and muted now. Yeah, I don't want to say it never happens because, you know, we we beat Leeds 4-2 last week and that was a cracking game. But it's very few and far between. For every game like that, there's three or four. Yeah, but you're going to get more chances against Leeds. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I know, we're being negative now, but I just want to drill in that you can't look at the scoreboard today and be like, that's good enough, because that's not what we saw reflected on the pitch. And if anyone didn't watch the game, I'm sure they'll be able to go, oh, one nil against Man City is fine. No, you didn't watch the game. Yeah. It's what it re- represents. It's what it showed on the pitch. And it doesn't bode well for the future. I also think, and I'm not, I'm not trying to attack any Arsenal fans or anything like that, but I honestly think if you're happy about just losing 1-0 to Man City. That's where we've got an attitude problem as as a fan base. And don't get me wrong, if it was a different type of game and we really put everything on the line and we lost 1-0 and it was a really close game and we created a lot and we fought for our lives, then I, I get that. It's a different kind of game and it's a different kind of result. But if you're seriously considering that we lost Man City, the Man City yeah, I can't even speak. If we lost 1-0 to Man City in this way and you're happy about that, that that's that just shows how mediocre like we are as a football club at the moment. Yeah, I, I just want to say the few positive things that were on today is that um, we talked about Tierney. He's coming back off an injury. He's come back. That's a good thing. You said um, quite rightly that he did seem a bit um, ill at ease at the beginning. But at the end of the first half, he was the one at least trying to make stuff happen, like running past people, losing his marker on the left side and putting balls in. They weren't great balls, but there seemed like there was the grit there there was the the drive to to make something happen so i want to say a shout out to him at least for that um i thought holding was good at times made a couple of mistakes but also did well he did this weird fake slide that actually didn't make contact with the ball in the penalty box but it it, it was you know fair enough the fake um it's like in rocket league when you fake the tackle and you make him miss it because he jumps early (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and you know what? I felt like the centre backs were progressing the ball better than the midfielders were. Like they were, they were coming up and playing positive balls way more than yeah, Elneny and Xhaka. Yeah. So I think they did all right considering. Um, Bellerin was poor, I thought, and um, that was unfortunate. And the wingers were poor as well. Uh, but there were some elements. I mean, I, I, there's no point talking about Leno. So um, because it was yeah, either, Leno did anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so overall, it wasn't great, but there were some small elements that, if you want to find the positive in, uh, you can do so from there. Yeah, just just a quick thing while we're talking about while we're still on the team. So when I was 
watching the game, I heard the commentator say that Aubameyang's faced Man City seven times, and the only times he scored against them was in the FA, FA Cup, Cup semi-final. Mm. So, and notoriously, he doesn't. He's not really a big game striker a lot of the time, apart from we the did FA in the Cup FA Cup, Cup final. in the FA Cup last season. But in notoriously, in other big games in the Premier League, based I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Is it is it concerning for you that he seems to never score against the big teams in the Premier League? No, because he's done it, just not in the league. Um, yeah, but how long do you leave it in, in the Premier League? He's been here for like three years now. But that's a very selective stat. It is, but I think that he's. I think he scored a goal against. If we just take the Premier League, I think he scored against a goal against Tottenham before. And I think he scored a if goal against Manchester me, United. If you show me the whole of the big six scoring, then I'll accept that as like enough data to make a like um, a non-big game player. Like, but if you consider it to say about, that's, let's but, say someone like Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he's big a big game, game player. He's a big. That's game what player. I mean. But that's what I mean. I want what I wanted. I wanted Aubameyang to be that kind of impact player in these big games. And I know it's not fair on him, and I don't want to put all this pressure on him and stuff like that. But like. The amount of money we're paying for him, I do feel like we need to get a bit more in the big games. You have you have your right to say that. All I'm saying is that I think how many games has he played against City in the league? Is it seven six? Uh, I think it's seven now. Right, that's not enough for me to go. He's not a big game player. If I can see thirty games against all of the the big six, then fair enough. Yeah, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's, I think he's, I don't think he scored against Chelsea before. We I need to look think. the stat. We'll talk about it next week because I'm interested. Yeah, we'll pick yeah, that we'll, up. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. Yeah. yeah we'll um, get so back now it. you've seen the lineup that were started against Leeds, started against Benfica, and now started against Man City. What yeah. do you think changes will be made for uh, the next Benfica? Well, I think. After and what would you set- like, and what do you think we'll see? Yeah. Actually, we'll do I two. Yeah, yeah. So after another setback in the league, like we really like this. Europa League game against Benfica is probably our biggest game of the season now. Like it, it is, it is. You know, we've got the advantage. We could just play out for a nil-nil. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Watch that. Be what happens. Yeah, wouldn't even surprise me. But so, realistically, I know you know it's against Benfica and it's not the biggest team in the world, and you know there's harder opposition out there. But this realistically is our biggest game of the season, in my opinion, coming up. So I want to obviously see our strongest team. Um, so who is that to you? Right, well, you put me on the spot a bit, but I'll, I'll try and give you... You don't have to name the whole now. 11, but yeah, what did you yeah. change? So, so keep Leno in goal, that's a constant. Tierney on the left back. I'd have Gabriel and Holding as my two centre-backs. I'd go Cedric as my right back. I just think he offers us a bit more defensively at the moment. And he can put in a cross when he feels like it. Whereas Bellerin can never really put in a cross. Um, I'd play Xhaka and Sabayas. I think you get a bit more creativity in the midfield um i would probably start smith throwing in the 10 against benfica and give odegaard a bench roll right just because i i feel like you get a bit more from smith at the moment i think he's in a bit bit better form i wasn't seriously impressed with odegaard i know it's a hard game for him to involve but, but he played well like, against benfica yeah but i still don't think he he had a, a good as game as smith could have in that position right and then my front three i'd probably go for Difficult, but I'd probably go Abamian on the left, Lacazette down the middle, and Saka on the right. You play Saka again? Of course, I play Saka again. 
Do you not think he needs a rest, though, at some point? Yes, but not our biggest game this season. Maybe against Leicester on Sunday, I'd give Saka a rest, but not against Benfica in a knockout competition where, realistically, it's probably our best chance of getting into Europe. I think we've got to play our best player. So you've had a lot of faith in Pepe these last few weeks, but you haven't included him in your eleven. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm positive about Pepe, but I think... You know, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like early substitutions. So, say like a Bamiang or Lacazette were playing poorly, I'd, I wouldn't even be upset if we did a half-time substitution and brought Pepe on for forty-five minutes. I don't. You know, Pepe is a player that needs. He feeds off confidence, so he needs a couple of kind of chances or moments to, for him to get his confidence up before he can really affect the game. So, I feel like when you put him on for the last 10, 15 minutes, he doesn't quite get enough confidence in that time to be able to actually yeah. do anything with it so I feel like if you at least at least half an hour he can affect the game a little bit more I don't so, think we've ever seen a really like good sub Pepe performance no I don't think we have and I think that's because he is a very very much confidence player so I think he confidence through the game not even just on previous form but I think if he gets himself into the game he does something good like say he gets on the ball and he whips the ball in it you know, Joe's goes just wide. I feel like he gets a little buzz off that, and next time he gets the ball, he's like, he's more confident to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I probably wouldn't start Pepe just because I feel like you probably get a little bit more out of Alba, Lacazette, and Saka. That's that's where the goals are this season. So, I feel like you've got to play your most potent front three for me. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I assume that we're not going to have Parsi back, so he's oh, he would have he would have been in my team, of course, if yeah, he, if he was back. But I wouldn't want to start Parsi in this game because I wouldn't want him to get injured for another ten weeks or something. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it's been as well. Um, I will yeah. say then, Sabios and Jack are in the middle. Yeah, same as me. I'll probably go Smith Rowe at ten because he's had a rest now and hopefully yeah. he's all good now. Um, of course, bring Odegaard off the bench. You know, if, if we if we need a bit more creativity in the last 20, 30 minutes, then Odegaard, of course, come off the bench. I'm not trying to yeah. I hate on Odegaard. I just feel like I want to see Smith throw in that 10 position. I um I think it's I been... put Lacquer through the middle because I think we want yeah. to slow this one down a bit because if nothing happens, we do win. And Benfica yeah. are fine playing it slow, so they won't be the same opportunities for Alba to run in from yeah. the nine. Um, and I'm fine with having more fluidity from Alba's deeper hold-up player. Um yeah. I'd go Pepe on the left and Saka on the right. Okay. So wait, you you're where you, you're not playing you're not starting out, but did you say? No. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, big cool. Um No, that's fair, that's a that's a big decision. It is your your team's similar to mine apart from I'd play Alba and Laka and you'd play out um Pepe and Laka, so you know, it's it's very similar. And I think after this season, you know, there's no right or wrong answer really. <laughs> There's no right. Yeah, <laughs> There's nothing's right. gone right. There's nothing good except Saka at right wing. But we we should have enough to beat them. I think we should consider ourselves the favourites, even without the you know yeah. nil nil draw gets us through. That's the only the only advantage to being one all is that a nil nil yeah. puts you through. Any other scoreline, it makes no difference. You know, if you get a two two draw, then a one one gets you through as well. But it's only a goalless yeah. draw. But we do have that slight, you know. 60-40 advantage. We're also playing an apparent home game in, you know, if you can call it Greece a home game. Yeah. Um, but they played pretty slow last time. I don't think they offered a massive threat. We got a silly handball. Um, so if we can do we that again, to, we can do that. We know that. what to expect a bit more. I think we know we've kind of got their number a little bit more. Like, they had no they had no attack apart from when, you know, Smith-Rowe handballed it. Like, they didn't really 
offer a threat. Yeah, so I, we, I'd we heard, kind of know how they play. I'd heard big things about this Darwin Nunez guy, and he didn't really show much. So I'm I'm not as worried. Like obviously, there's the old Arsenal way of doing dumb stuff that loses you a goal. <laughs> but bar that, like I think we should not we should be disappointed if we concede, and if we don't concede, we go through. Especially, yeah, and keeping eleven players on the pitch this season. No, yeah, you can't problem, forget so those. Yeah, we've just got to make sure we maintain. That. And I think I'm positive. I think we will. We will do it. Yeah, I think. But then I'm I'm worried about who we get next round. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you can't compete with the people who are really in there to win it, then yeah. just don't bother in the first place. I'd rather draw Milan in the first round and then go like, all right, well, we yeah, we yeah. don't deserve this if we go out to them anyway. So let's have them now. Well, that's always what happened in round sixteen in the Champions League with us, anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least we went out early. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, right, so there's been a lot, I think coronavirus has impacted this, but yep. there's a lot of players who want big contracts, so the money doesn't seem to be there for them anymore. Okay. And so there's a lot of players that seem to be leaving at the end of the season on free transfers. Obviously, the big one is, is Messi and what he'll do and all this <laughs> stuff. <to> Imagine <laughs> the scenes if he came to Arsenal yeah. out of nowhere. Um, he'd cripple us we'd have to sell everyone <laughs> just put that's Messi fine. and Leno out on the pitch <laughs> probably have a better result so. so there's a 2021 out of contract 11 buzzing around the internet that I thought I'd talk okay. to you about that interesting um, yeah, rate that. to to get the rules straight there's no point going I'd have him because most of these players would walk into our squad yeah. it's not just that I'd have him it's a could we afford Please. it? Is it realistic? Like this is we a champion. for you. <laughs> One, we can't afford these players. Two, they wouldn't come to us. Three, they'd be on big wages and they'd be old and they will decline. Yeah. So, um, that sounds like Arsenal, though. Oh, mate, let's just get get Willian to invite all his friends, all his friends <laughs> in the retirement home in, and we'll get it done. Well, check check start got the ball rolling, didn't he? He's he got did. Louise and Williams. So. Anyway, let's let's go into these. Right, uh, so we'll start from the keeper. He's actually yeah. not old, but um, we've okay. got uh, Donnarumma at AC Milan. Now, I really? don't know why he's on no. there, because he's said publicly he wants to stay, and it's just about the, getting the money right, I think, because he's but not going to leave. Isn't his agent that... Israel. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so he, well, but, that, that, that's, that's the classic reason of why this predicament's happened but but what i will say about Rowley is as as much of a money hungry guy he comes across as i think he wants he gets generally what the clients want he doesn't force them to get moves to get money he 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 keeps them doing what they want to do so and it sounds like donnarumma wants to stay it's just about getting the bag right like it's about the I, money i feel like with that Rayola it's a bit like right so you know move if you want but you should move you should move <laughs> Like he's whispering in their ear. Like I feel like he is a bit like that. But I, you know, I, I think he'll stay at AC Milan though. I think you know, for me, like with Leno at the moment, um, there's nothing that I've seen in Leno that thinks that we should waste high wages on a keeper like that. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying it'd be waste, but I mean like when you consider that we've already got Leno, and that guy's obviously a very talented keeper, and he's still very young, so he would be a good addition. But he's, you know, we can't have Leno and him as like one and two. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it just won't work. So. You know, I'm happy with Matt Ryan at the moment being our second choice. So that one's, you know, maybe a team like Chelsea could have that. You know? Yeah. So they've put him as left back, but we know that he can play very, you know, a wide range of other positions. We've got David Alaba. Oh, mate. <laughs> Again, I mean, this isn't like a weird habit. It's like a, we can't afford this guy and he wouldn't come to us. Yeah. You, I mean, with, with Alaba, he can play like CDM and central yeah. midfield as well. So, I mean, I'd have him any day. But I think, I think he's a centre-back now. 
mate. Currently, I don't care what position you know, I wouldn't want to push Tierney out of the team or anything like that. But he could. Fit. He's he's one of the players who could literally play anywhere. He's that good. He is uh, one of the best players in the world. In my like, and he's been the all one rounder, of the best players. Yeah, 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 for five, seven, eight years. Like he's been so good for yeah. so long. Hundred percent haven't. Um. Yeah, apparently it's going to be like 400k or something and he might go to Real Madrid, I think, Real Madrid or maybe seen. Chelsea, I heard as well, but I don't think you go to Chelsea if you can go to Real Madrid. Also, if Real Madrid want to get Mbappe and Haaland and, yeah. uh, you know, Camavinga and all of these people, then uh, where's the money going to come on to play Alaba 400k yeah. a week? Because apparently the reason he's not staying at Bayern is because of the bag and he wants more than they're willing to pay him. Yeah. So. Well, I think, I think, you know, when you hear like some players' names and you're like, I just don't ever see him joining the Premier League. You know, you know there's certain players where you kind of get the, you know, they're never coming to the Premier League. Like, you know, players like Neymar and stuff like that. I just don't ever see it. And Alaba's quite similar. I don't see him come to the Premier League. I feel like he'll end up at Madrid, personally. Okay, other centre-back is Jerome Boateng. And we actually got linked with him a couple of years ago yeah, and it looked like actually, he was past yeah. it. But he's resurrected his career, but it looks like he's going to... Well, he's, he's on this list. What do you think about it? How old is he now, 32? Yeah, I think he's he, low 30s, I think. Even if he's 33, though, like, I think if we could get him on a one- or two-year deal, like, I'd take him. I think if you slot him alongside Gabriel, what good experience for Gabriel, a player that's won it all. You know, he got mugged off by Messi once, but if you, if the highlight of your career is getting mugged off by Messi once, I think there's a lot of defenders that have uh, had that fate put upon them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I don't feel like he should be clowned for it or anything like that. Yeah. Also, with recent developments, this well. this next one becomes more relevant because it looked like he was it was just a like um, pandering. He was going to stay anyway. But Sergio Ramos actually looks like he's going to leave now. Um, obviously, we'd have Sergio Ramos at the club. He's thirty four, but he's man. still the best centre back in the world in my opinion. He's got winning mentality. He though. does. He's got that That's steely what. mentality. Can you imagine him against Man City? Like, can you imagine him? He would have set the tone against. He would have dragged us back into that game yeah, just yeah. with his presence. He he, and he can get a goal. He gets goals. I know yeah. you take away his goals from the penalty spots. I know he's Madrid's penalty taker, or at least when I last saw he was Madrid's penalty taker. But I mean, like, clutch goals, like Champions League final against Levco Madrid in the last minute, header. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he does it when he needs to do it. Yeah, he's immune to pressure. He kills it. Like, you need some murderers on your team if you're going to win a title and, like, you know, like a Vieira, a murderer, a straight killer that doesn't feel the pressure, that plays to win. Big game, like a drug yeah, Big game player, like a Vardy. Big doesn't game player. He doesn't care who pisses off as well. He'd happily have an argument with Pep Guardiola on the touchline today. Yeah, people that Do don't you know I mean? care. Like, they don't care who you are. They are need. coming for you. That is what we need. Um, but obviously it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, there's nobody we talk about, really. But yeah, yeah. I think the only other person on this list who... Oh, no, wait, no, no, there's one more who's under 30. Apart from this guy, uh, there's one more, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Sai? High Saj? Um, plays for Napoli at right back. He's 27. Um probably one of the only other feasible ones we could do because it'd probably yeah. not be on 400k a week um, we do have a, an, a, an increasing problem as Bellerin doesn't play that well right back um, so I'm not sure what you think about this one yeah I'll, I'll be 100% honest I'm not too I haven't watched too much of the player Yeah. so I, I, I don't feel like I'm too informed to make a decision but yeah, if, he, if he has you know been consistently playing well for Napoli who are a good team in Serie A I mean what's the worst that can happen really especially on a free transfer I don't know he doesn't sound like a name that would command like a 150 grand a week do you know what I mean but then we've got you know we've already got Cedric on a free who's on big wages and we've got Bellerin and we've got players you know Maitland-Niles come back we've got three players in that position so it's probably not a priority 
in that position. But I mean, if it's not if it's a free transfer, it's not the worst thing in the world at the end of the day. So in CDM, we've got Luka Modric. <laughs> well, he'd never come to Arsenal. <laughs> no. Imagine just snake Tottenham legacy Tottenham, like that. Yeah, um, I'd I'd love him, even at his age. You know, he's won it all. Yeah, he's, he's thirty-five now, though. Even just for yeah, actually, but he yeah, still starts. Need... He still plays every week. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing though. It's like you take him, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but you'd think if he was, you wouldn't take him on a three or a four year contract. You take him <laughs> on a one year, and maybe increase to two if he had a good season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and for the wages he's probably on, especially at Madrid, it's like it's a risk. I'd take on a one year or a two year contract. I'd probably take him 100. percent He's an amazing player. Next up, we've got and, and this one's again. this one's dumb again because it sounds like he wants to stay at Liverpool. It's just about the money again because he was yeah. very apparently he was underpaid for a while and now he's into the last year of his deal and he wants to stay. But if they can't pay him, then he'll go so to why Barcelona. Why not him? Yeah. Um, allegedly, I think he wants like 200k, and they're not willing to pay that. And I think Barcelona may be more willing to pay that, even though they sound like they're broke at the moment. Um, he's also fits Coman because they're both Dutch. Um, yeah. And he plays in, he played in the Dutch national team for him, didn't he? Yeah. So it fits, but I think he well from the news reports I read. I don't know. If this is just the agents like putting PR stuff in to look good when he does leave. That yeah. could be true, but it doesn't sound like it. And I've usually got good spidey senses for that. It says yeah. that he's desperate to stay, but they just need to get the money right. Yeah. Well, I think with Juan Adam, he. The best chance we could have had to get him was when he was at Newcastle. Yeah. I feel like you don't really get a player of that calibre at the moment, not the way he's playing after he's won the league and the Champions League with Liverpool. I think he goes to another big team that's actually playing like a big team, not like Mm -hmm. Arsenal at the moment. And I think the only time he becomes an option is if the next club he goes to, he has a few poor years and then Arsenal take the punt on him, maybe at that stage of his career. But I don't think at the moment... We're realistically in a position where he. Well, would he's thirty us. already, so it's not like if he does badly yeah. in his next deal elsewhere, he'll come to Arsenal at thirty-three. Because I wouldn't want to be doing that kind of deal. Yeah, no, but that's classic Arsenal deals at the moment. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump too soon, mate. On this list, they've got Di Maria as a centre mid. Um, they're just trying to shove. They're it just in, trying they? to shove it in, which is fine. Which is fine. I get, yeah. I get. They're trying to get all the right people in. If you saw the front line, you'd see why he's not on it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Di Maria? He's probably about 32, 33 now, isn't he, as well? Yeah. Yeah, we, I think we need to... You know, don't get me wrong, I'd take him on a year or two contract, for sure, if we could get the money right. Like, because he's an upgrade on, you know, for some of our, like, squad players at the moment. So, But again, I think we, we, we can probably invest in better positions. But, you know, I, I, you know, if he, if he turned up at Arsenal tomorrow, he, and he didn't cut it at Man United in the Premier League, so I feel like... Maybe when you factor in his age, the wages, and the fact that he didn't really cut it at Man United, I feel like maybe skip it. Mm-hmm. If I could get, but if someone guaranteed me Real Madrid or PSG Di Maria for Arsenal, I'd take it for a couple of years, 100%. Right, this one on the right is a bit of a speculative one. He hasn't proven much yet, but um, I'll see what you think. Lionel Messi. Trash player. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, you know. I I feel like when you say his name, that that's all that needs to be said. He's you know one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, you know Arsenal would kill for him, but it's not viable and it's going to cost too much money. And he he at this stage of his career, I'm willing to go bankrupt for a year of Messi. You know I'm willing to <laughs> yeah, just Phoenix too. club it up in the tenth but division for a bit of that. If he but the problem they've got with 
with that signing is if you even if you factor everything out like money and wages and prestige and all that sort of shit right it's the fact that Messi isn't enjoying his football at Barcelona and they're in a bit of a bad place but Arsenal are in a worse place <laughs> so he's, he'll, he hasn't he got time for a rebuild he needs exactly. it now yeah exactly but if he's coming to the Premier League, he's not going to want to join a team that's struggling in the Premier League. No. He w- he's going to want to join a Man City. Yeah, you want Man City that's set up to, yeah. to sort... Like, you don't need to adjust much. It's just... Like, he could probably go. score, like, 30, 40 Premier League goals for Man City, the way they're set up at the moment. Okay, that's actually relevant to the striker, Sergio Aguero. <sighs> I'd take him, 100%. Even if he's injured for half the matches? Mate, I think... He's a big game striker as well. He's a bit of a Jamie Vardy, isn't he? Like, he, I think I saw the stats on Sky Sports. He scored like 12 goals against Arsenal in like 17 or 19 appearances. <laughs> like, big game player. Like, I'd take him on a year or two contract, 100%. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves as being like one of, if not the best strikers in the, the world. Because goal, Goals per minute, I think he actually is. Uh, he's got a better goals per minute than Terran Reid did. So. Really? <clears throat> Yeah, it's just so. he doesn't get the same respect because he's been injured so much and hasn't sort of, therefore like imprinted himself on as many people's minds. But he's just crazy, man. He's crazy. Yeah, I think yeah, the whole golden boot situation with him as well. Like, if like he would have about five golden boots if he wasn't injured for big parts of the season, mm. in my opinion. So, yeah, I'd take him any day, mate. <laughs> be real. All right, this is actually one that I think is the weirdly most likely to happen this last player the left left okay. side um I, it means it's got like a one percent chance of happening instead of a zero percent but <laughs> i can kind of in a way weirdly see this one happening so he's been to the premier league before and it didn't go too well so he went back uh didn't go back he, he went he went to um i don't want to spoil it i want to see if you can get who it is so he might he might want to have like he felt like he's left a stone unturned that he hasn't yeah. like killed it in the Premier League and proven the doubt was wrong when, when yeah. they'd said he wasn't that good Kerman wants him as well um, at Barcelona so that could happen Yeah. would you have Memphis Depay yes I would I think that's the only one that could actually happen I'll be real yeah I do feel like Depay probably at this stage at Arsenal at, I think he because he is quite a flashy player and I feel like he'd want a bigger move than Arsenal at the moment. That's how I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. But he's not... I, I mean, would say that we're a bigger is, club. We're a bigger club than Leon, like yeah. 100%. Like, don't get me wrong, we're a more prestigious club. They did well in like, the Champions League, but we're still a bigger club, I'd say. I, yeah, 100%. But I do think that he, he would, he'd be disappointed to not get a bigger move than Arsenal at this stage, at the stage the club's at. I think, I don't know if you disagree, but I think he'd, he'd want to go to a Chelsea... Uh, Man City or a Liverpool over or a Man United again. Like over I don't think Arsenal he'd go back to Man U. Yeah, I don't think he will because I think there's too much kind of shit that's gone on there. But I do, I you know, I'd take him 100. percent He's quality. Player, I think it could happen. Opinion. I think that one actually could maybe happen if he doesn't go to Barcelona if they're broke and for whatever reason. No, because you know what, Chelsea have a lot of forward players, so they need to get rid of some before they go for him because he can I play can... at number nine as well. Yeah, I he's 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 Barcelona. He, yeah, he's but he's like he's bulked up since he was in the Premier League, so he's kind of become like a a proper nine rather than like a he's wide a good player. player. Good player. So a, lo- a, a Liverpool perhaps because they haven't got the same sort of out and out sort of uh, he he suits them because he's sort of a wide strikery sort of guy. Yeah. Um, sure. It's the only one I can see happening because the others are too good for us, or you know, too old, or on too big a wages, and he'd probably be 
like on 150 but worth 150 yeah um so 0.1 percent chance of it happening we'll see what happens that was yeah. so much more fun to talk about than the match because it was actually <laughs> like actually. it was like borderline fun like instead of that yeah. match that was literally like watching paint dry but like negative paint like scared paint dry so it was it was like we were talking we began talking about a nightmare as in the Arsenal Man City game and now we're dreaming and we started talking about <laughs> dreams that's never gonna happen so yeah I like the delusional them, like world better both of them depressing <laughs> but maybe this one a little bit nicer at least in an ideal world it could happen but it won't so yeah you know. it's um sad that none of those players will ever come to Arsenal and will never get to say I think Botang, in my opinion is the most realistic one you think more than Depay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I get what you mean because we were linked with him before. But when we were linked with him, he was perceived to be like super washed up and done and injury prone and like yeah. he would be done for. But he seems to be doing good now, so um, maybe he now wants a better move than us. And I think we've got a plan for the centre backs now, especially with Salibur and all them lot. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And if Louise is getting another year's contract, then there's really no room for Burton. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, we have got too many centre-backs. Yeah, I didn't factor that in, I'll be honest. Fair enough. Um, I think we should call it there. We've left on a high note. We've done it good. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've brought it back from the depressing game of Man City. Um, I, I, just, I did want to mention one more thing. Go on, go That's on. all right with you, mate. So, I don't want to go super into it because I know it's a sensitive subject and, you know, there's a lot of it going around at the moment. And, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm the best person to speak out against it, but, like... I've seen a lot of news stories in the last week about like racial abuse to players and especially like William mm-hmm. experiencing a lot of racial abuse online. And I think people and fans are well within their rights to criticise players for what they do on the pitch. And they've got that right because they're fans for a football club and they pay good money to watch their team play. But the racism side of it is absolutely disgusting. We're in 2021. And I don't feel like it's at all acceptable that you can be going online and abusing players. Like, how would you not just love everyone? Like, why are you being disrespectful for someone just because they've got a different skin colour? Like, it's, it's pathetic. It, it really it's embarrassing to have people that call themselves Arsenal fans behave like that. And how can you... It's it's embarrassing. Like you, you And it's... Do you remember when that video came out with Chelsea and the fans on the train and the tube yeah, and they were yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone after that goes disgraceful and rightfully so. And they, yeah. and nothing happens. I don't think anything... And, and that was in real life. And so yeah. now, I'm emboldened by the fact that nothing gets done about it. People are now saying whatever they want. Where, like, in real life, if there's no cameras, arguably it's your word against them. So you might feel like, all right, I can get away with it. This is online. This is printed, in fact. There is a literal ledger showing you do it. You will not get away with this. And people must feel so confident that they're not going to get the comeuppance, that they actually behave this, like, this ridiculously, horribly. And it's embarrassing. It's a disgrace. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is as well? It's like, I know... I've seen a lot of people talk about this and a lot of people saying, you know, it's only 12, 13 and 14 year old kids, but like trying to be funny. Wasn't that disproven because someone who got arrested was like mid 40s recently? No, I know. I know. I know there are obviously, you know, the exceptions, but I I do think a lot of it does stem from the younger generation. And I do think that they probably don't quite know the severity of it. But I think if you're at that age and I'm not trying to dig any of them out because, you know, there's some brilliant, you know, people that age that aren't like that at all and majority like 99.9 percent of the population aren't like that at all so i'm not trying to dig that like age group out but a lot of it does come from probably not 
understanding the severity of what they're doing. And I just think like we've got a, you know, not and I'm not saying because you know I'm I can't educate people in that way, but like we've got to kind of just stop and think like this is disgusting and we shouldn't like don't get me wrong I'm not like happy with the way Williams played for Arsenal this season but would I ever fucking criticise you know anything personal about him absolutely not and I think it's disgusting and I think that we need to understand that like they're footballers at the end of the day like if they have a bad performance have a bad performance like it doesn't mean that you should insult their skin colour or their heritage or their you know anything like that it's it's you know it it makes me sad in 2021 this is happening man yeah, we've been critical of William, and like you said, I think if you're a stakeholder, you have a right to have an opinion. Um, if you weren't doing well in your job, about you'd get though. no, no. I'm about, I'm about to yeah, get onto yeah. that. If you were weren't doing good in your job, you know, your boss has a right to say, "I'm not happy with this," but you have no, no, no right to say anything personal, never mind racial, about anybody yeah. like that. And we condemn anything like that even to a player that we're not massively fond of it makes zero difference it's disgraceful and we don't like that at all and you're not a real fan of Arsenal Football Club if you'll ever behave like that 100% right should we end it there I think we've got the point we are not the right people we're not not, you know that's what I'm saying you know I saw saw a few stories and I thought I'd bring it up no it's right it's just like we don't have the biggest platform, but we have a non-zero size platform and it's only right to say that we, as fans and as representatives of the football club, do not respect or allow or accept this whatsoever. 100%. Right, that was the 13th episode of North London's Most Read. Uh, we'll be back after the Benfica sequel when we win that one hopefully and then on Sunday I believe we've got Leicester away so there'll be two more episodes next week we're working hard as ever um, so I hope you enjoyed this one I've been Jamie and I've been with Kieran and we hope to be here soon again and have you listening as well so thank you very much if you made us to the end uh, thank you. and we'll we'll be back thank you <laughs>